We are live. It's happening. We're recording, peeps. Welcome to another podcast. How's it going? What's going on? And how you been? Bringing the bass. Here it goes. One, two, three. Ooh, my timing was off today. What's going on with Kenny Molotov? Let the music cut out, but have you had a good week of plumbing? Did you get some pipes in? Did you size them? What you been up to, man? Are you a a plumbing apprentice just listening in to find out what the scoop is with plumbing? Are you a licensed journeyman trying to find out what Kenny Molotov has been up to? Where you at? Where, where you at? Let me know in the comments below. Where exactly are you at in your apprenticeship or maybe in your career or whatnot? But let me introduce myself. My name is Kenny Molotov. I'm a professional magician. I'm a plumbing YouTuber. I also do some music. All the links down in the description below. Let's pop over to the internet real quickly. If you go on to anchor.fm forward slash Kenny hyphen Molotov. You can find my podcast there. Anchor is the app that I use to distribute my podcast onto different platforms. You can get this podcast in audio version on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Overcast, Radio Public, and Stitcher, my friends. Don't make me say that again. Cut it cut is cause it's a mouthful for sure. But let's jump on to the channels. We'll talk a little bit about what's been going on, then we'll go on into plumbing. Kenny Molotov, my original YouTube channel, is sitting at 2,143 subscribers. It's moving up ever so incrementally. I'm excited about that. We're going to be talking to you guys about two videos this week because I've been a little bit on the slow side with getting these podcasts out. Um, We're going to be talking about do you need math for plumbing, which is a really important topic. And we're also going to be doing a day in the life of a plumber, a plumbing vlog. But we're going to be talking about sizing horizontal drainage pipes. If you haven't seen those yet, go on to the YouTube channel. Check those guys out because there's really important information on both of them. Um, If you're interested in either of those topics, Chronicles of a Plumber can also be seen on your uh, YouTube channel called Chronicles of a Plumber. You can get a video version of this right here so you can see what I'm talking about when I'm looking at Instagram and talking to you about the sort of jobs that I ran into, the problems I had to deal with, and all the chaos that ensued in my weeks as a plumber. And finally, let's jump over to the Instagram. So I just got to tell you guys a couple of things. I have been uh, a little bit slow getting the videos out and it has a lot to do with the fact that this week's sort of been really crazy. I've been at this one job site that we're going to be talking about uh, throughout the duration of this because it's the bigger one. Um, and it's been taking up a lot of time. And every time I get home and I try to edit the vlog, I seem to have lost my knack for editing these vlogs. This vlog that I got, by the way, peeps, was one of the vlogs that I lost in the uh, hard drive that I lost. So if you were listening to this podcast last time, I had broken a hard drive of mine that had like 10 vlogs that I was ready to go and ready to edit because I have school coming up in about a month. So I wanted to be ahead of the game so I could still have stuff coming out for you guys. So what ends up happening is I break it and I lose all that footage. And I, I did a coffee shop with my father during that footage. And I was like, God, God, 
That was some really great footage. That's some of my uh, most, most, I guess, proud times. I was really proud about this job site because it was for the first time that things started clicking. I was moving pretty fast. And, and you know, there was a lot of theory I could have thrown at you guys. But unfortunately, I lost it. And then I was going onto this computer that I'm currently working on now. And I'm looking around on my desktop and I realize on my... um. Yeah, the desktop on the computer. And I go, holy crap, wait. And I found a vlog of us doing under, a vlog of us doing undergrounds of that job site. So I had to throw the, the um, footage on this computer at some point. So I got super lucky. So I'm really glad I got that out for you guys. But it was an extensive amount of uh, theory that I had to throw at you. Um, I was talking about sizing horizontal drainage pipes. Um, it is this final video right here that we're going to talk about at the end of the podcast. Um, but really, really good stuff. Really happy it came out. My longest vlog to date. It is like 19 minutes long. Super, super long. But uh, really happy about it, to be honest. It, it was definitely hard. Uh, it, I was editing it for like almost five days, but uh, we got it out to you. Now, let's get straight into the nitty-gritty. I want to talk to you guys about work and what's been going on. Uh, I haven't seen you guys in quite a bit of time. So uh, let's just jump into it and let's talk about the the last thing that I showed you on the last podcast was uh, this job site right here where we were in a building and we had to put in a couple of cleanouts because we were doing some snaking. So I'm going to jump to the next video after that, which is a video, a teaser video of the plumbing math. Uh, take a look at this quickly and then we'll talk about it. Here we go. Peeps, Kenny Molotov here at home after a long days of work and I wanted to talk to you guys about a question I've gotten in the past that I haven't really addressed but I think it's time to finally have a conversation about it and that is what kind of math do you need in plumbing if you're going to be going through your apprenticeship? That was a little bit silly. I, I forgot how short that video was. So sorry I had to subject you to that. I basically said the exact same thing that I preempted the video on. So here's the thing. I have found through my experience in going to plumbing school is that a lot of people are very uncomfortable about the math portion that's going to take place during plumbing school, which is understandable because I was nervous about it too, as were a bunch of the people that I was at plumbing school with. So um, I through that video that you, that I made, if you go check it out, you're gonna I'm gonna take you through the plumbing math that I was encountered with in basis basic and intermediate plumbing. So I'm gonna go through uh, the types of math there were. Um, and uh, the different topics you got to know. And I try to basically just prep you for what you're about to get into um, and the sorts of things that you're going to encounter with, right? So, and on top of that, at the end of the, uh, at the end of the, I, I don't I guess the sit down session, the Q&A, it's not really a Q&A, but the sit down session, I also provide to you two math sheets with questions that we got, um, during the math, during school, which were ones that I formulated myself. I didn't give you an actual document from the school. I didn't want to really deal with any sort of copyright strikes or anything like that. So I created a couple of math sheets for myself, 
to send to you guys. And then I also had an answer sheet at the end so that you can find out if you got the answers correctly, if you were on the right track. And at the end of that video, I also said, and I let you guys know that if you were interested, and I, I was asking for comments, I was asking if you're interested um, in potentially purchasing a course off of me on math, I'd be willing to make that for you. I just got to know that enough people out there are interested in this sort of thing. And you know what? I've gotten four or five responses saying, yeah, that's good to go. I I'd definitely purchased that course from you. So I, you know, I still leave that question out to you guys and uh, hope you can provide me with an answer. If you guys want a course like that, I can definitely build it. I'm thinking of building it no matter what. Uh, but the more people I know that are going to support it, the more I'm going to push myself to get it done. Because I don't think math should be something that you're terrified of. I understand why um, you're scared of it if you are one of those individuals that are. Because... There's something really cold about numbers, really cold about the, the study of math because there's only one correct answer. And if you get it wrong, it's wrong. You know what I'm saying? So I know growing up for me, math was not a strong suit. I think that's how you say it, it wasn't a strong suit. I, I didn't do well with it. Um, but I've gotten better over time. So I ended up doing fairly well on the math during plumbing school. So if that's something that I can help you peeps out with, I'm more than happy to do so. You just got to let me know in the comments below here on YouTube, or you can go to that video on the Kenny Molotov channel and check it out there. Whatever is easier for you guys, let's get into a bunch of plumbing. So this was nuts. And I mean that Totally, and I don't mean that sarcastically, I mean this genuinely, this was a rough install for me. Only because of the thing that I'm going to show you in just a little bit of time. What you're looking at here, peeps, is a, this is a dishwasher. All right. Now, it doesn't look so uh, intimidating, doesn't look like a big problem, but ends, what ends up happening is, is this flight of stairs right here. Look at those bad boys. Aren't those rough looking? Don't they look like they've taken lives before? Well, let me tell you, they were talking smack the whole way down. So here's the thing. I got called in for this job. I think it was sometime last week. And dad goes, you got to go install a uh, dishwasher. I go, okay, cool. No problem. I get there and they go, oh yeah, the dishwasher is on the patio. Okay, no problem. Usually the kitchen's on the main floor. I go in there. It's a bloody duplex. No main floor for Kenny Molotov. So I now have to disconnect the one we're looking at here. I've got to take it down this flight of stairs. I've got to unbox the second one. I got to take it up that flight of stairs. And I got to do this without puncturing holes in the wall. That's really the tricky part, if you know what I'm saying, peeps. I could bring it up, but your walls are going to look pretty mashed up when I'm done. But if you want me to do it without hitting the walls, bro, that's going to be extra. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be extra. So here's what ends up happening. I was actually pretty proud of this install because 
Dishwashers aren't something we do all the time, and they're not something I'm totally comfortable with. I understand fully what the process is of taking them out and putting them back in. You got to go straight to the breaker to make sure that you don't have the electrical hooked up, especially if the dishwashers don't come with an electrical cord. Instead, that they're actually wired into the dishwasher. You got to make sure for that, which means you have to have a tester to make sure there's no electricity going through the wire. And then you got to slowly disconnect it by shutting the water and then getting the hose off the drain and then whatever. And then you got to replace it with the next one. So you got to reconnect the electrical, etc. So I understand what takes place during it, but I don't do them a lot. So every time a dishwasher kind of shows up in, in the vicinity of my workspace, I, I sort of step back and I go, is this the dishwasher that's going to destroy me or uh, am I going to win this one? You know what I'm saying? Because there have been dishwashers, let me tell you, that weren't too friendly with me. So I'm really proud of this one because I, I did it. Like I got it fully functional and fully working. I, I put the electrical on all by myself, which is something I don't do uh, very often, but I've seen dad do a million times. Uh, I also connected the water. I also supported it to the countertop and, and the sides if you need to do it through the sides. I also leveled it because leveling every fixture is a big part of making sure that fixture functions correctly. So I did a lot. And let me show you, this was the tiny little space that I had to pull the old one from and then put the new one in. And lo and behold, that's what the new one looks like. And I'm showing you, I got my little trusty level over there that has a wicked um, magnet on the side to make sure that's where level. You have to make sure that these things are level or else the water won't go into where the pump is and then it won't be able to pump it out. And then you got that funky smelling thing that goes on if that occurs. So that's one thing I got to stress. You got to level it and then you got to support the damn thing because there's nothing worse than a dishwasher that walks out at night as it's dishwashing, if you know what I'm saying. So that was what we did last week. And let's keep going on. Let me show you a couple of other things. So I had this thing, which was a laundry tub. Now it's not your normal everyday laundry tub, because if you take a look at the connection in the back, you're going to see that this laundry faucet was actually soldered to. Now this isn't something I do ever. I've never soldered a laundry faucet to to straight copper pipe. So we had to shut the house in order to actually do a repair on this. So basically the way the laundry faucet works is it's got these two stubs out, right? And normally we connect supply lines to it and then connect those supply lines to um, the 3.8 connections or we usually put valves there. Now, valves aren't absolutely necessary, but we prefer them because in our minds, it's like, look, the more the less you need to disturb the entire house, the better for whoever the owner or the tenant is. Because look, if you got to do repair on your laundry faucet and you got to go downstairs and shut the water to everything, it always makes it a little bit more difficult because now the whole house is worried about water. So it depends on how fast you do the repair uh, that really makes uh, this matter. You know what I'm saying? So we went down, 
we shut the the water and I ended up installing a couple of valves instead okay so these were the two pipes then I put these two bad boy R14s quarter inch quarter turn uh, valves quarter inch is incorrect these are half inch valves quarter turn dull valves those are the go-to ones that dad and I install we do R19s and R14s R14s are the vertical ones they're just one straight piece R19s are the type of valve that you put on a toilet because it comes out and it's got the 3 8 connection on the top and then you turn it these ones they're different. You know what I'm talking about. Let me, do I have a picture of an R14? Let me show you. Let me show you an R14. All right. So, no, that was an R14. This is an R19. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. This bad boy I put right there. This is an R19. You see the difference in the mechanics of it? The R19 has a little stub out with a 3-8 connection there. Okay. So, now that we got through that, I ended up putting these R14s on this bad boy right here, just like so. And then I went ahead and I reinstalled the faucet. But instead of doing it the way they did it, I put two supply lines at the bottom of the new faucet. I was swapping out the old one for the new one. And then I was connecting it to the 3-8 pieces on the R14s. And then I connected it to the stubs on the faucet itself. So that was the big difference between the old one and the new one. And what they were dealing with was a primer connection issue actually. So not only did I, do I have more? No, I have no more picture, no more pictures. Not only did I install the new faucet, but, uh, Laundry faucets have something called a primer connection. A primer is essentially a very tiny pipe that goes into a floor drain. So every time you turn on your faucet, which is connected to your faucet, it's got that tiny primer and a little bit of water will trickle through this pipe and go into the floor drain and prime the level of the floor drain, especially if it's in the basement where nobody really accesses the floor drain or throws water into it. So um, if you get a laundry faucet, you'll notice that a lot of them, some of them don't actually have primer connections. I, I ran into some issues with that as well. What you'll notice is if you turn the faucet upside down and you look in the center of it, it'll look like there's an Allen key connection there that you can actually take out with an Allen key. And that's where the primer goes into. Okay. So that's what I also had to do. And that was the bigger issue that they had. And that's why they called us in initially. My dad ended up coming back the following week, which was this week to install their main valve because their main valve wasn't holding well. So that's, that's on a side note right there, but let me show you some other love. Um, Walker underscore Beulah has been supporting the channel for quite a bit of time. So Walker Beulah, if you're listening, I appreciate all the love and support. Um, Walker is Beulah. I don't know if your first name is Walker or if it's Beulah. I'm struggling with that. I got to be honest. But um, I know you're an apprentice because I've seen some of your videos and you seem to be doing some awesome stuff. Walker Beulah just got a new pipe wrench actually, which was, I think he won it or something like that. So killing it. Keep it up. Um, the R19 that I showed you came off of this toilet right here. I got to tell you guys, this toilet, this is the old one. These are the old, I think they're Kohler toilets, but they're horrible. They, they kick our butts, man. They're very hard to take out. 
they're extremely difficult to take out the door, man. These are some rough times <laughs> that you're looking ahead of you because this is a one-piece toilet, and it's. I think these ones actually are the better ones where you do have somewhere to grab onto, or this might not be it. No, 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 I think it was another model, but these guys are so large and round that they're really awkward to take outside. So I had to take this down a flight of steps. So anyways, this is the old one, okay? And I'm replacing a toilet here and they have a wax gasket. And as you know, dad and I tend to use rubber rather than wax, except for certain circumstances. Now here's the crazy part. What you're looking at right here is another R19 valve. This is the old one. But this connection right here that you're looking at is massive. I I don't even know if it was. I, it looked stupid big. It looked like it was three-quarter connection or something crazy like that. It probably was half inch or quarter inch or something crazy like that. But it was, is three-eighths bigger than a quarter? Two-eighths. Yeah, yeah. No, no. This was definitely half inch or three quarters. This was ginormous, and I've never seen a threaded connection this big on a on a toilet um, on a on a toilet valve. So I had to solder this new bad boy in, like I was showing you earlier, uh, which is just another R19, but with a regular three eight connection, which is the one Dad and I use. And then afterwards, I had to fix up the flange no no actually the flange was pretty good i've been having a string of luck with these flanges by the way there was a section of time where every single time i lifted a toilet off the flange i had to put in like 18 repair kits to make sure this thing looked normal but luckily fingers crossed knock on wood um everything's been a-okay thus far we'll see what next week has in store for kenny molotov so after I installed the valve, I then put the new bolts to the new toilet and then I put this new gasket down. And here's what's interesting about the toilet that you're about to see, okay? You see this little funky little extra hole right here? And if you look above, you'll notice there are a couple of extra holes up there as well. So this is an American Standard toilet. And kind of like all American Standard toilets, it was a really decent install. Except, and that's a really big except when I got to turning on the damn thing, that hole became my worst enemy. <laughs> so uh, let me explain this to you. This toilet has a built-in function of cleaning the bowl as it flushes, okay? So these two holes right here on the left and the right are the holes for the seat. This hole above here is actually designed for a, uh, for a special... Um, cleaning tube and i forgot the company that makes the tube but it's one of these big companies like it's definitely not mr clean but it's like a cleaning company and this little tube goes in and you screw it in tight and every time you flush the toilet it spins around the bowl and soap goes around it and it cleans it by itself now here's the thing Kenny Molotov didn't read these instructions up here that said warning. <laughs> and that's usually how bad things happen to Kenny Molotov, okay? And I don't know if that's a stereotype of plumbers or of tradesmen or whatever, but I didn't read those stupid uh instructional pictures and, and, and instructional words above. I didn't read them. I didn't pay attention. I didn't care. I was like, bro, I've installed a 
millions of these, this will be fine. So Kenny Molotov installs this thing, okay? And it's got this, I don't know why they have a double flange situation going up here, but they do, okay? I install this bad boy. All right, and it looks like this. But I installed it, and what I normally do is I set the bowl down, and then I assemble the tank, connect the supply line, and I turn on the water. I do all those things. And as the water's filling up, I usually start testing. And while I start testing, I start assembling the seat. Well, let me tell you. Kenny Molotov sets the bowl, sets the tank, com completes the supply line, turns on the water, goes for his first flush. And it becomes like water fireworks in the damn thing this thing starts spraying on my face and like i'm panicking because i can't stop a flush mid flush unless i take off take off the tank uh lid and i throw down the flapper or something like that but the water's going bro and i'm getting the hvac not the hvac i'm getting the shop vac and i'm vacuuming up as quickly as i can bro it was splash works it was wild water kingdom it was nuts bro so uh, just a little bit of a disclaimer. Watch that hole that you're looking at right there. The one that looks a little bit suspicious, that's the one that you got to watch, okay? Because it's coming for you, bro. You got to make sure you put in that cleaning product first or you're going to you're gonna be swimming in the washroom. You know what I'm saying? So that's just something I got to get out there. I'm going to have a vlog about it if I don't screw up with the stupid hard drives that I have now. I have it all on tape. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I have it all on tape, okay? So, it's a really pretty toilet, though. You can tell that uh, the owners put in a little extra dollar to get this one. It's a bit more high-end on the American standard uh, spectrum, but really pretty. Came out really nice, and if that hole is plugged, you're in for a treat with a toilet that cleans its own bowl, man. That's the way to do it if you're going to make a toilet. Now, in that same job site, I also had to do a repair of this faucet right here, and I looked at it very quickly, and I said, bro, this faucet ain't going to be repaired. I got to tell you right now, this this is, you're looking at a new faucet right here. That's what you're going to need, because this is old. This one's older than me, and I'm... I'm not even that old, but it's old. You know what I'm saying? You got to you gotta get a new faucet. So um, I fought with this thing for 25 minutes, eh? It was one of those faucets where things were seized. It wasn't moving. The only thing was moving was the sink itself. As I was trying to take out the faucet, the sink was shifting. And I was going, bro, this is the wrong part that I want to be moving right now. But somehow I managed to get it out. And this was the new bad boy that they put in. Really pretty faucet. This is a laundry tub as well. That's what I got to say first off. Second of all, this is a laundry faucet as well. And I'm a big fan of this laundry faucet right here. This one's made by Glacier Bay. Okay, now Glacier Bay. I found somebody had told me to install this faucet for a kitchen once. And I came in and I installed it. And I realized that Glacier Bay had this very special connection that they put in for this laundry faucet that also has a primer connection, even though it looks kind of pretty. So that's the other thing about laundry faucets. If you go out to your regular Home Depot or department store, 
is department store the the the, the your depot let's just say <laughs> words escape me today you're gonna find that uh the laundry faucets are really basic they're the just you know knobs and and whatever like the one i was showing you previously before which was this guy right here this is typically how they look you can get them with levers or you can get them with the knobs okay this one right here this one right here that i'm showing you is one fancy ass faucet you know what i'm saying it looks real pretty and it comes with a primer connection which you have to thread on so it's a dream come true, and every once in a while, somebody's going to turn to you, and they're going to say, hey, um, I really don't like that faucet you bought for the laundry tub. You got anything fancy? This is the go-to one. This is the only one on the market that I know of that's also beautiful and also has a primer connection that you can hook up because that's normally where the primers go. They go on the laundry faucet because laundry faucets come with the primer connection. So that's something to keep in mind, just something I want to throw out there. And if you know any other really pretty faucets like this that have primer connections that aren't Glacier Bay or the other ones I was telling you about, let Kenny Molotov know right away, okay? I need to know what's on the market for this stuff because I've been approached plenty of times about this sort of thing. I really don't like that faucet. You don't like the faucet? What do you want me to do? Get a pretty one. There's no pretty one. Well, that's the only pretty one I know. We did some power washing and some snaking last week, bro, and that's always serious work because you're lugging around the heaviest equipment that you have you know what i'm saying you're using the k1500 normally and you're using the uh power washer which is you know it's a pretty big beast now ours both i think are rigids here's one this is the power washer in the front and that's the k1500 in the back oh by the way i had uh plumber saul Plumber Saul. Let's talk about Plumber Saul real quickly. Let me see if I can look the man up. All right, all right. Yeah, bro. No, he was right there. What the hell? Plumber Saul. Here he is. Plumber Saul, who's been supporting me for a while, bought this bad boy the other day. This is the K50, and Plumber Saul was like, bro, I got this new thing, and I lost my mind because I was like, dude, that's the one we swear by. Dad and I just got a new one for my truck, so we're running the K50 for any sort of kitchen drain, any drain that's an inch and a half to two inch, basically. Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah, to two inch. Anything under than inch and a half, though, it gets a little bit tight. So, like, inch and a quarter might be a little bit difficult. I've done it before, but you just got to be a bit careful with that. So, I, I lost my mind right away. I was like, bro, where is it? Saul, that's the one, baby. Dad and I swear by it. So, I wrote this, and I got a message from Rigid Tools uh, giving me, like, thumbs up and stuff like that. So, uh, that was pretty cool, eh? Um, yeah, yeah. See, Rigid Tools gave me some love. There, there they are. There they are. The K50 is a beast, guys. This is the one to go for, man. Uh, let me show you. Yeah, yeah. It comes with a nice spool like this. And what I do, it, what you're seeing here, though, this is the whip that comes with the 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 the, the snake. Where, where did the words go just now? This is the whip that comes with the snake. So that's something you got to keep in mind. You can actually roll that bad boy up and put it inside as well. Um, let me go back to my feed right here. Plumber Saul. Saul, appreciate the support, bro. Um, and goodbye on the K50. Did it replace that old one that I used to see, that one that I used to spin? 
the weird one. <laughs> I know it's not weird. I know a lot of plumbers use that. Plumber Saul knows what I'm talking about, bro. So anyways, let's go back to the power washing, okay? So we, we go by the rigid tools. Dad's a big fan of these bad boys right here. So let me tell you what the power washing process is usually. And this is a maintenance thing that we do in buildings. And essentially what happens is, is we come in and we first start cleaning out drains. We do the drains inside. We do the storm drains inside the uh, garage area, which is an underground garage for this building. And then afterwards, we throw the power washer in and we spray those bad boys down. And then we do that on the kitchen stacks in the building as well, because the kitchen stacks get really gnarly if you don't do this. This is a really important maintenance thing in buildings. So as you can see right here, uh, this is not a power washer that you're looking at. This is the K1500. We're just running water as we're snaking it because those things go hand in hand you're going to clean out the pipe way better and this little thing right here was a little boomerang that i took of um the power washer doing its thing so the power washer works with this psi bar right so what you'll notice is is it'll fluctuate up and it'll start standing there which means it's giving you as much psi as much pressure as possible to really scrape the sides of the walls of the pipes that's what you want from the power washer you want it to have so much psi that it's spraying all that gunk off of it and then what we did is we put it on a pulse mode so there's two modes that we typically work with one is regular mode it's spraying continuously as it goes down the pipe and then you have pulse mode where it'll do what it's doing right here it'll come up it'll drop it'll come up it'll drop and those settings basically just spice it up a little bit and sometimes the pulse does a better job of getting certain spots and other things and then the uh first one i was talking about the first one first uh setting that i was describing but that took place that was a whole day that was in that was cold as well so that's another thing if you're working in garages like that and now you got to make sure to bundle up now let's jump over to the job site i was trying to tell you guys about um we had it's not as extensive as what the coffee shop is. So if you go see the video that I just had posted, which is how to size horizontal drainage pipes a day in the life of a plumber, you're going to see an extensive job site, a pretty big, uh, there were like 12 or 13 fixtures that we had to rough in for that bad boy right there. Okay. This one right here, it's, it's a, it's a little bit different. We're going to have one massive grease interceptor. We're going to have, uh, two kitchen sinks. Um, you're going to have a floor drain, you're going to have a mop sink, and then on the other side, you're going to have two extra floor drains and one back-to-back -back sink, one hub drain, and another hub drain. So actually, that's not bad. That's like nine, nine, nine fixtures, basically. So not as extensive because it was a smaller space and everything was a bit more compact, but still pretty significant. Let's take a look at it. So what you're looking at are the... This is... Okay. Okay, so what you're looking at is the amount of breaking that had to be done in order for us to get everything accessible to the way it is. So dad was really stressed about this, guys. Dad was super stressed because he has never... Dad and I have done breaking in the past, and most of that breaking was moderate breaking. It wasn't really difficult stuff. This sort of thing that you're looking at here, you're looking at half a foot of cement to be cut. And then you're looking at plenty of more digging to be done to make sure that your pipes have the correct slope. And what you're seeing right here 
is a massive pit. And that pit right there is where the grease interceptor is going to be. And that's a second thing that I haven't mentioned. We're doing, for the first time, a grease interceptor that is under grade, which is underground. So you literally are going to bury this thing into the ground and uh, cement around the side. So somebody has to come in at some point and clean the grease out of this grease interceptor because you can't just disconnect it and walk away with it like we've done in the past. Most of the other ones, no, no, let me correct that. All of the other ones have been under sink grease interceptors. So you literally slide it under the sink and you pull it out and, and you clean it and you bring it back. That's how it works. So that's another thing. That was a big obstacle. So dad was super stressed about this. Um, on the week that he was doing the breaking. The following week after that, he was a dream, let me tell you. Take, Keep looking. So if you look right here, this is a double Y connection. Sorry, this is a Y connection that dad had to install to connect to a previous floor drain and also to run it for the mop sink that's eventually going to take place there, okay? Let's keep going. This is the existing uh, pipe that's in there. This is the main, essentially. This is the pipe that we have to connect to in order to connect all the plumbing, a four-inch transite pipe that we have over there. And on the other side, um, we're going to have to rough in. What you're seeing right here is like the very early stages of me thinking about how to rough in the double compartment sink, which is going to come on the right Sorry, a back-to-back -back sink, which is going to come on the right and all the way to the left that you're looking at here. That's where the floor drain is going to be in this area. And if we keep going further, we're going to have to connect an additional floor drain right over there. And then further down, that's where the hub drain is going to be. So a lot to do. A lot to do. Really interesting job site. Um, you know, a challenging one because especially with the grease interceptor, this is a learning curve for dad and I. This is, a, this is a really big moment because we're doing it for the first time and it's always the hardest the first time you do it. Um, after that, it starts to get a little bit more and more simpler because you've already gone through the motions of trying to figure out how the heck it needs to be done. So the good thing is, is that dad got through this phase of a uh, getting all the breaking done, which he was super stressed about. He ended up calling up a contractor we work with named Danny. Danny is just a beast. Danny is one of these um, general contractors that we know that is the total package, meaning he can produce so much friggin' work. He's really, really efficient, really, really fast. And on top of that, he is the most detail-oriented uh, tradesperson general contractors that we have ever seen if you see danny's tiling work if you see danny's drywall bro the lines are immaculate the kid knows what he's doing super good super talented it's always a pleasure to work with him because the entire time i'm going look how pretty all this is holy crap it's always a pleasure to work with him so danny also spent like five to seven years doing cement work <laughs> and doing tiling for this company. So Danny has extensive knowledge on cement and how to work with it. So he was able to run out and rent the tools that we needed to, to get all this done. He ended up getting a cement blade, uh, one of those, uh, the cutters that you can also hook up to water so that as you're cutting, uh, you're not producing a lot of dust, which is crucial. 
So they ended up doing that, man, and they spent the whole day. And they also got another guy that they're working with named Mohammed, and Mohammed was uh, helping out with the breaking and and a lot of the digging. So Mohammed helped for two days actually. He ended up coming up the second day and um, doing some more, but. You know, it was a blessing to have those guys around because if Dad and I did this, we would have been destroyed for a couple of days. You know what I'm saying? But having more hands on deck is always going to make things way easier. So um, now that Dad's done that once, though, I mean, it makes things a little bit easier in the future because... We know we have a couple of guys we can call to to help us out. We also know where to get the tools if we need to, uh, where to rent them, etc. So dad's in a really much better space about it. And uh, the jobs really come to. Let me show you where, where it ended up going, okay? So here's another video of where the pipes are. The first thing that you're looking at right here is you're looking at uh, a three-inch pipe that's connecting into the inlet of the interceptor. The interceptor's three inch inlet, three inch outlet, right? And the pipe to the left of it is going to be the vent on the inlet of the interceptor. Okay, so take a look, okay? So as you're running through and now you have a clean out. You need a clean out so you can clean the inlet of the interceptor, okay? And you continue moving forward. And you see this red little thing right here? This is a flow control plate. And if you've heard me talk about grease interceptors before, the whole point of grease interceptors is to separate grease and water and try it's darndest to just let water back into the city and hold on to as much grease as possible. In order to do this, we must install flow control plates. And a flow control plate is essentially a pipe that closes in diameter, that gets smaller in diameter to slow the flow of water as it's going into the interceptor. Now here's the thing that we ran into. We went into the first phase of our inspection and the inspector comes in and he sees the flow control plate and right away he's going, what the hell is that? I go, well, that's the flow control plate. He goes, no, I don't think you're allowed to have them underneath the ground. So I ended up calling up another inspector and that inspector verified you are not allowed to bury flow control plates. It needs to be fully accessible so that you can remove it if need be. So this was a big moment for dad and I because I was like, man, okay, we never knew that before because we have never dealt with a grease interceptor undergrade that goes below grade. Instead, we used to have one above grade, so you can just rip that thing out if you needed to. So we had to then figure out how are we going to run this darn thing. So let me go back real quickly and I'll show you what we had to do. Okay, so darn it, darn it. Let me start that video again. Sorry, peeps, here. So instead of having the flow control plate there, we took it out and I ended up just roughing it in so that the flow control plate was not there, but the vent was still there. So what we're gonna do instead is I'm going to run a flow control plate for both sinks. On this back wall right here, on the left, we're gonna have a three compartment sink, and on the sink on the right is going to be a two compartment sink, and both of them need to run into the interceptor. So we're gonna put it above grade, above ground. We're gonna put a flow control plate on the one, flow control plate on the second one. We're gonna run vents for them, and that way you can get underneath, you can access them, you can 
you can snake through them, etc. That's the game plan, and that's how we solve that issue. But the inspector and I talked a, a little bit about different things that we could have done in order to get this done. We talked about potentially offsetting this vertical pipe to horizontal, three-inch horizontal, and then putting a flow control plate, and then putting a double Y above it. And we were thinking, man, that's going to be way too high for the drain, etc. So there was a little bit of problem solving that took place. But Dad and I eventually went with the option that the inspector gave us, actually, which was, why don't you just run two flow control plates, uh, one for each of them? Make it easier on yourself. And that's, that's the game plan. That's what we're going to do. So... This was, uh, the, okay, so let me show you the grease interceptor now. Massive, eh? He's a big dude. Massive, massive kid. And then if you keep looking, here's the outlet of the interceptor. It's three inch. It's got to run a vent as well. You always need an anti-siphon vent on the end of the interceptor so that uh, you don't pull grease with the water. Uh, and also, you don't want to pull uh, water out of the interceptor just from siphoning. And then we have another clean out so that you clean the outlet of the interceptor. And as we continue on, what you'll notice is, is there's a floor drain primer here that we're running around the interceptor. And that's because when the breaking was taking place, that floor drain primer that was there, it was gone, bro. We ended up going straight through that bad boy. So follow the primer. Everything's moving to the right. This pipe right here on top is actually the vent to the old floor drain. We had to cut that vent and re, uh, redistribute it, re-aim re, uh, re it basically to go up into this wall right here. And those are two vents and one drain. Uh, the middle one, I think, is the drain, or the one on the left is a drain. So one is the vent. Okay, the one all the way to the left is the drain. Uh, and this, okay, here's what I got to tell you as well. We also didn't pass inspection because uh, that this was a little bit of confusing. This was like a miscommunication on, on the part of the owners of the of the restaurant we're working in. So the owners of the restaurant had a laundry tub and sometimes they're intercha interchangeable with a mop sink. I don't know if they should be, but I know that in the past, there have been times where inspectors have said, okay, it's cool, just use a laundry tub, whatever. But this inspector was like, no, no, if it's a mop sink, we gotta put in a mop sink. So we had to take out the flow control plate and figure a way to deal with it. And then we had to put a mop sink as well. So we had to redo all this plumbing right here in the corner, which is something that I think I have pictures of. I might be posting next week. And as we continue on here, here is the back-to-back -back sink that we have right here. And we ran two extra vents as well, one vent for each of the floor drains. Now take a look. You also see that there are two floor drain primers going up here because there are two floor drains here as well. But you're only seeing one floor drain primer currently because I didn't run that yet when I took this video. So what you're looking at here is the vent to the floor drain that we're currently looking at right there. And then this is a long run for a vent for the following floor drain which is right over there. I Later after this video, I put in a floor drain primer and I ran it to the other one as well. And then that's the hub drain all the way down there. Quite an extensive run, man. Like, uh, pretty big job site, honestly. Um, okay, that it's just looping right now. 
So dad and I are doing the vents now. I essentially, you know what, actually I'm done the rough in for the vents right now. What we're going to have to do is actually start connecting to the vents above and run a vent pipe all the way across so that I can connect to all the vents. The next time we get in, I'm going to have to run water, which is super important. And we're also just going to have to run those vents. And as soon as we do that, we are out of there. Um, we're going to wait for them to frame it and do everything else like that. And once it's framed, we can come back in and do the finishing phase, which I'm kind of nervous about. I'm nervous about the finishing phase because they only have old fixtures. (laughs) So this company is doing a renovation and they have all the sinks already there that they've been using for years And dad and I always get really uncomfortable when we deal with situations like that because every time we use old fixtures, it's always more of a headache to get them in. Um, We hate it, (laughs) but, but we're hoping, you know, we have our fingers crossed that we won't run into too many issues because... Because it's nothing you can do. You can't tell them to go buy another $2,000 sink. You know what I'm saying? So what we are going to do instead, though, is we're going to use new basket strainers. Uh, We're not even going to tamper with the old ones. We're going to put new ones in. We're going to create new drains for them. We're not reusing any old drains, any old basket strainers. And fingers crossed that it's, uh, it's not too bad of an install. Now... That was what the last two weeks was. Well, this was actually the week before the week that just passed. Um, I'll be uploading new stuff this week of uh, the progress that took place with the with all of this um, roughing in and stuff like that. But here's one thing I wanted to show you from the Venn family. These guys are hilarious. So shout out to the Venn family. And everybody at that Venn Plumbing Company uh, that's been showing us support. Uh, I ended up getting this box in the mail. And uh, Lindsay and Ryan and, and and I was being reached out to. And they were like, hey, we got you some fun stuff. And I was like, well, what are you guys doing? You guys are crazy. What do you keep sending me? And I got this cute little box from uh, Amazon. And I open it up. And I see it's the Venn family. And it's so funny. It's a 15-inch plumber Chris plunger Christmas tree. So this is what the bad boy looks like. So if you're in a festive mood, man, that's the one you got to get because it's so hilarious. Guys, I just want to thank you guys again for that. It, it made put a smile on my face. I have it right on the dinner table. <laughs> And my wife is just going to have to live with it there. That's it, man. So uh, Ryan and the kids and Lindsay and everybody, I appreciate you guys. Love you. Thank you for sending me that. It made my day, guys. Um, And this is the last thing that I'm going to show you. This is the teaser video to the last vlog that I put up. Uh, Let's take a look at it, and then I'll get into details about um, horizontal drainage pipe. Let's go. Peeps, I want to 
wanted to bring it into the studio because I want to talk to you guys about how plumbers size horizontal drainage pipes. As soon as we walked in there, we had the trenches that we needed, but we only had one pipe that we could connect to, which was this four inch sanitary pipe running through the unit. Do we have to run four inch up here or do we have to run four inch down here? We need to know what sizes we're running. All right, so that's the video that I um, I uploaded, and I, as I was telling you earlier, it it's the longest vlog I think up to date, um, and I'm gonna double check that. I don't know if we got times yet. It's 20 minutes long. All the other vlogs are between eight and 12 minutes. Like literally, this is the longest vlog that I've ever created. And the reason why that is is because the in studio session is really long. It's like. It's 10 minutes in and of itself, I think. It's not an easy topic talking about sizing horizontal drainage pipes because there's a few things that you got to remember or you have to know. So in this video, I essentially go through what it takes to size horizontal drainage pipe, which is an extensive topic. There's a lot of things that's being thrown, thrown at you at the same time. There are a couple of uh, pages in the plumbing code book that are just charts and these charts if you don't understand them you'll have a hard time understanding what those numbers mean and essentially I have to take you through what fixture units are what hydraulic load is and how much hydraulic load a three inch or a four inch pipe needs to have and then we also talk about slope because the hydraulic load will depend on the size of the slope and stuff like that so the in-studio session was like I was saying around 10 minutes long because of just how thorough this had to be in order for me to kind of make sense of it for you guys so it's it was an extensive one done it took way longer than normally uh, because there was an extra 10 minutes in comparison to the other videos so uh, there was a plenty there was t a ton of theory thrown at you and a ton of editing and cutting that had to take place but i had a lot of fun with it i just don't know if it was too much if you know what i'm saying so um if you get a chance and you watch that video let me know let me know if this is something you want to see more of or if this is something that you're like you know what yeah, we can pull back a little bit on on the thoroughness of this or whatnot but uh but that's what you're going to have to deal with when you get to plumbing school. Plumbing school is going to train you up on understanding hydraulic load, understanding horizontal drainage. And we didn't even talk about horizontal uh, drainage venting. So, sorry, uh, not horizontal drainage venting, just venting. There's an entirely other system on venting, and they have their own charts, etc. So that's something I definitely uh, would like to know if you guys are interested in, in, in how deep and thorough this sort of stuff is. Another thing I got to state before we get out of here, because we are in our last minutes here on the podcast, is that... There was a call for a Q&A. I ended up putting up a poll, and at the uh, beginning of this video, you'll see that I, I give you guys a shout-out of, okay, if you got questions, let me know in the comments below. I'll answer them, and I'm going to do that here as well. I'm going to be shooting a Q&A within the next week. I need questions uh, in the comments below if you want me to answer them. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Let me know what you guys want answered, and I'll get that done for you. Peeps, my name is Kenny Molotov. I'm a plumbing YouTuber, professional magician. I also do some music. Music. Take a look in the uh, description below. You'll be able to see all those links there. Find me on anchor.fm forward slash Kenny hyphen Molotov or any of your podcasting platforms that you love to download on. And I'll see you guys very soon. Kenny Molotov, guys. Peace, baby.